Hello and welcome everyone to episode 23 of the Ducky O'Brien Show. And today I'll be going over a game called Alien Life Simulator. Now many people will not remember, but I covered the game about two years ago. And I went back to the video because the developer left a comment on that video. Now the dude left a comment the first time I released that video. They were very grateful I covered the game. And two years later, they left another comment saying they updated the game and that they would love for me to check it out and, you know, get my thoughts on it. So I was like, you know what? That's amazing. So when I see that, when I see someone willing to reach out and communicate, I want to help them the best I can. So I streamed the game and you know what happened? The person in charge of the graphics dropped by and they're chatting with me and helping me understand the game better. And then the developer dropped by while he was on vacation and that's insane so what happened was i was playing the game and when i play the game i give my honest feedback i try to be nice about it though but as i covered more and more games i started to lose my patience i was burning out so i was more negative a lot faster but this time i gave back feedback as as nice as i could and you know what happened a crazy thing happened the developer watched the vod on his phone while on vacation and then worked on a laptop and pushed out changes addressing all of my criticisms the very next day. This is, I think, the first time I've seen this ever happened firsthand to me, and I think this is the first time I've seen this happen to any game that I know of. Now, I'm pretty sure there might be a game out there where a developer has done this, but I don't know about it. When I saw that, I realized the developer actually just genuinely enjoyed making that game. That game was the developer's baby. And they worked on it for two years. You gotta work a normal job to pay the bills when you're making a game because if the game isn't making you money, it has to be a passion project. So I was like, wow, the guy stuck with it for two years. They genuinely are happy when people are just playing the game and covering the game. So when I saw that, I felt uh, I felt touched a little bit. I, I, I thought that was great. So anyways, I keep playing the game. The guy keeps watching my VODs. He's studying them almost. And then he released some updates. Uh, I think the day before this podcast episode was recorded, another update addressing even more of the criticisms I had. I think that's pretty cool. So I'm going to briefly go into the game and cover what it is and what it was like and hopefully where it's going. So for starters, the game is a roguelite. You start off in a little alien ship, and then you have a stargate where you click on a little diamond and it brings up a map of three planets. You select a planet and I'll show you the coordinates. You punch them into the stargate and then you can go to that planet. So when you go to a planet, they're made up of floating platforms connected by teleports or by bridges. And you go in there, you fight the enemies, and your main goal is to collect treasure. And there's two types. The first type is a treasure chest where you can possibly get a weapon. Most of the times you get a new weapon, but sometimes you might get a buff. The second chest are these little tiny crates that glow, and they'll give you a passive buff that is related to the current emotion build that you are running. And what I mean by this is you start off with different emotions. You start off with apathy. When you go to a shrine, you can move on to the next emotion. So what this does is it changes the available pool of buffs that you can unlock from the glowy treasure chest. Okay, it may sound a little complex, but stick with me here. 
when you start out with apathy, you get a lot of poison-related buffs, like chance to proc poison, increase poison damage, lifesteal off of poison damage, do more poison damage when you have more health, etc. So you can see that if you stick with apathy, you can get a pretty strong build where you're shooting enemies, and then you're poisoning them, and you're running away, and the poison will deal the damage, and then you'll lifesteal off of it. I can vouch for the poison build, it's pretty strong, it helped me beat the game multiple times. Now if you go to a shrine, and you move on from apathy to sadness, then you're going to get a lot of bleed effects. So it'll do bleed damage, I think there's like tiny daggers that fly out at home in, there's different abilities per motion, so if you want a specific build, you would have to go to the shrines first, and then move on from apathy to sadness to, uh, I think it's fear and anger maybe. So each motion has a different pool of buffs, so when you unlock the glowy treasure chest, you get different buffs available based on what you picked in the shrines. So your main goal is to go to the shrines to get the build you want, and then go and get the new weapons, and unlock as many passive buffs as you can, and then you move on to the boss area. As for the fighting, it's pretty simple. Most of the enemies just run straight at you or shoot balls at you. And it does get very difficult if you're just using the pistol. Because there are a lot of enemies and they all move very fast. It gets very hectic. You can cheese it a little bit by using geometry to your advantage. So one of the things I was thinking about or chatting with the developer was like, how would you make it more varied in terms of the combat? So that's something he's working on right now. I have no idea how you would change it. They have ideas for different enemy types and then for different boss types as well. Another thing I mentioned was like the feedback for getting damaged feels very lackluster. Uh, when an enemy attacks you, you don't really notice that you're being attacked other than seeing your health bar go down. And how games have feedback is through small things that are very hard to discern when they're done correctly. That's the hard thing about games where if you're doing something right, you can't tell. Whereas if you do something wrong, you, you can tell immediately. Having the proper sound effects, the visual effects, and there's just more to it that I just don't know about. And I wish I did so I can give more meaningful feedback but unfortunately this is where i'm at also it might not be important enough other people might be like oh this is fine so it's just my opinion when you get to the boss fight it's pretty simple there's only three bosses and they have different guns there's a just a simple room and you shoot them until they become invulnerable and an enemy spawn and you have to kill the enemies and become vulnerable again and you attack him Without a lifesteal build, I don't know how you're going to beat them because they have a lot of health and they do a lot of damage. So that's not something I've experimented with, but I did find something really funny. It might get patched out, but if you are using the sword and you move in super close to the boss, most of them can't hit you, so you can just go ham on them. So I would like it if there was uh, more covers. One boss is super annoying in that he can stun lock you and you can die very easily if you're not careful, so that doesn't feel very good. Also, another thing is after you beat the boss, there's like a moving platform that goes super fast. It's very easy to miss. And once you jump on there, it takes you to another room where you can unlock three upgrades. It's kind of funny in that you know, a new player could totally miss that. Overall, the game feels pretty, pretty good. It was very obtuse in terms of understanding the mechanics. Having the developer and, and the graphics guy there definitely did help a lot. They were explaining how the mechanics worked. Uh, they were answering all the questions I had. So as a new player, I feel like it, you could get lost very easily. 
game feels very open-ended, I would say. There's no hand-holding in this game. It would be very easy for a new player to get lost and sort of flounder around. So it's one of those games where you have to invest some time to experiment and explore to get it. But when you do get it, I feel like it'll be satisfying. There is some jank. There's definitely some bugs. The developer is working on fixing most of that and trying to add new features like multiplayer, new enemy types, new boss types, etc. Okay, moving on to how the game compares to the build two years ago, it's vastly different. I think they did a great job of streamlining the game and getting you straight into the action. They take a lot of the tedious stuff out. There's no more ammo crafting, hunger meter. They even reduce stamina usage where you can just use stamina infinitely if you don't have a weapon equipped. It makes the game feel a lot better. From what I remember, you enter like this village that was a hub world and you would talk to villagers. You would do different things like craft ammo. I don't remember everything you can do, but I remember there being villagers and set buildings. And then you would go to a star game and then go to different planets. From there, I think it's it's a little bit more similar. But yeah, I, I gotta say, looking back now, I feel like there might be ways to bring back crafting maybe or or materials. Maybe not. I don't know. That's up to the developer. I don't know what uh, his vision for the game is, but I was looking at it and I was like, you know what? You could bring this back in a different way. You know, I feel like the base idea is is good. It requires workshopping, theater crafting, you know, but I feel like it might add an element or a dimension to the game that might appeal to some players now that I think about it. Or it can make the gameplay worse. So that's that's something for the developer to work on but i was just i'm just thinking out loud this isn't meant as feedback or input (laughs) i am just merely thinking out loud i don't i don't want anyone to take what i'm saying seriously these are just my thoughts okay overall though when i look at a game or anything that i'm trying to cover my main thought is In order to find the people that want to play this game or consume this piece of media, the main question that has to be answered is, why would any person want to choose this over literally anything else? And what I mean by that is when you choose to play a game, you're choosing to play that game over other games, you're choosing to play that game over watching a TV show, watching a movie, talking with people, touching grass, whatever. And so there has to be a reason, right? And that reason varies from person to person. So for this game, I know what the reason is right away. The gameplay and everything else is very solid, but it doesn't stand out in a sea of roguelites. The main thing that stands out to me is a developer that cares and will listen to the people that are playing the game and enjoying it. This is the first time I've seen it to this extent where I was making criticisms and then the developer made changes the very next day and he did this multiple times. That's crazy. So if people are flocking to this game, it will truly be a community driven experience. The people playing the game will have a symbiotic relationship with the developer and it will change how the game looks and feels. Obviously the developer is going to stick to their core vision of the game. But the people that are playing it are going to help shape that and mold that and and make it evolve into something better. And this is one of the few times I've seen it happen before my very eyes. So obviously the game isn't going to change overnight. But imagine, just imagine, if I continue playing this game, 
Not just me, but hundreds of others were playing this game and then constantly giving ideas and sharing feedback to the developer. And he could take a look through all of that and be like, hmm, this might be good, this might be bad. Or it might inspire some new ideas, new gameplay mechanics, or a new direction. You know, there's multiple things that can happen and will make the game bigger and grander than anyone can imagine. And in this day and age where you see mega corporations listen to nobody and just make these terrible brain-dead decisions that ruin the game, I'm looking at you, Overwatch 2. <laughs> Even Apex is going downhill. It's crazy to see a lone developer and just one graphics guy making a game together and listening to feedback. It takes a lot of humility and it takes true dedication and truly believing in the product you're making to work so hard on it and stick with it for so long. Anyways, that's it. It's not my job to sell you the game. Uh, it might not appeal to most people, but I do have preview footage on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. I'll have that in the description of the podcast. I'll also link the developer's Twitch, YouTube, and the Steam Store page for the game because this is one of the few times where you'll be able to talk directly to the developer if you want to play the game. Alright, that's gonna be it. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 23. As a small side note, I don't know what's happening to my podcast, but after posting episode 21, is YouTube fake? Uh, I'm not getting any new listens on my new episodes. I'm still getting listens on my older ones. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I'm going to keep posting no matter what though, because I make these because I want to. Anyways, y'all are crazy. The few people that are sticking around listening to my podcast where I'm talking about literally anything and everything. I know you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to stick to one thing, but this is how I run my podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate all of y'all. You can always email me if you want feedback. I'm down for feedback as well. Show at gmail.com Anyways, I'll catch you guys next time.